0: No Bull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to NoBull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone.
1: Welcome in. Monday edition of No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. Chris Schubert, Sean Crespin here with you on a Monday. Sean, March
0: Madness continues to roll on while we're recording the show. Games are being played. How's your bracket doing? Is it ripped up yet? How's it it going? (laughs) Well, see, I, I didn't print it out, which is good because uh, otherwise, yes, it would have been it would have been ripped up. It's online. You just go, you click, open up the app. Boom, there you go, FanPickem.com. By the way, you can still win even if your bracket sucks. FanPickem.com is where you want to go, and you can play the six the round of sixteen has more chances to win. Final Four has more chances to win. So, uh, yeah, if you if your bracket sucks like the rest of the world, thanks, Oral Roberts, whatever the hell your name is, um, go to FanPickem.com. You can still play.
1: I have my uh, printed out version in the other. Let room. Let me see it. What do oh, you go? It's in the other room. Uh, it's in the other room. But I have, I have my my little highlighter, my pen. You know, X's. Next year, what I think land. we
0: do is we put it behind us, like you know, behind our heads. Here, like it's like, like you have, board, you've yeah. got the draft network, and I've got the Earnhardt yeah. deal going. No, we well, should we'll have our, our board, brackets yeah. before no, behind no, us. No. That way, everybody sure. knows exactly he where the we said. yeah mm-hmm. okay fair enough fair enough we we can do
1: that uh lots to get into here on the show a very nfl heavy show here with free agency and a lot of nfl news and notes to get into so sean without further ado let's tell everybody what is in the lead to start the week this is the one they're talking about like i said a very nfl themed uh, heavy edition of the show and it's going to start within the lead sean we now know it has been made official by the commissioner roger goodell the nfl draft will take place in person in cleveland they're going to have the all of the pomp and circumstance. Roger Goodell announcing the picks. They're inviting fans. They're inviting prospects, the players to be there, their families. They're going to do it socially distanced. They're going to have capacity masks. You know, masks are going to be required. All that kind of stuff that we've seen at different sporting events
0: you know, all across the world. But Sean, the NFL Draft is back. Yeah, you know what was the worst part about reading this story this morning? Um, realizing that it's not mid-April. We have to wait till April 29th for the NFL draft. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, but other than that, the fact that people get to be there, uh, it's not going to be the commissioner in his basement very awkwardly giving us the, uh, the picks. Oh, that was fun. That <laughs> it was, was fun. so hot. You get the fun. fan base, uh, you know, you get the, the digital fans on the TV there, and they're like, oh ah. <laughs> the stupidest thing last year. So thank God we get back to it. We get to watch guys walk on stage, which just makes it so much better, Schubert.
1: Yeah, it, it changes the dynamic of it entirely. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it was supposed to be in Vegas, right, last year? When yeah, we it was. Get that opportunity. Uh, it's in Cleveland this year. It goes back to Vegas next year. But I think uh, the NFL draft being back in person, as long as they can do it safely and the NFL has done almost everything, uh in their season safely um if they're able to do it safely i think it'll be a great thing by the end of april a lot lots of more people should be vaccinated by then and you should definitely have an opportunity uh to get out and go go see uh, everything in the person there including if you are interested in going to that uh sean another nfl story i want to bring to your attention The uh, owners are going to have their annual owners meeting uh, virtually, I I might add, March 30th and 31st. So just nine days from now, eight, nine days from now. And uh, they could vote. Peter King is reporting. They could vote at this virtual meeting to allow in-stadium replay officials an additional power. And this always, when you're handing out new rules and new powers, everybody gets a little concerned. But this new rule, this new power would allow the in-stadium replay official, the guy up in the booth that's in the building, guy or gal up in the booth in the building, to advise the power to advise the on-field crews on plays that the officials might have missed or have may have called the wrong way. So just an extra voice. Uh, people who've got the TV monitors up in the booth can be like, "Hey guys, think you got this one wrong? This should be the call, or no? You should pick that up." Sean, do we like this? Do we not like
0: this? I I, I like it in theory. I want to know yeah. how it's going to be executed. I mean, is is it essentially now throughout the entire game? What we get in the final two minutes? of a game where it's now out of your hands to challenge it as a coach and if you you know how they can buzz you from upstairs and say hey uh, that was a catch we need to go look at that is that what they're saying? This can be now done throughout well, the entire so, game? What's what is, what is what's well, the deal
1: here? My, my thought would be, right, is when there's a penalty flag thrown and the refs get together, right? They have those huddles to decide, and they're making a big call. Now there's another voice that can be in the equation, right? And that person is the person that is up there in the booth looking at all the TV monitors. They can say, hey, guys, I got a different vantage point than you do because, one, I'm, you know, however many feet up in the air. But, two, I got all these monitors here. It's not pass interference or it's
0: not Hold or it's not targeting, we need to pick this up. But there's would only my thought of how the execution would be. Well, I, from what I read this morning, uh, it's not, thank God, on PI and that kind of stuff. It's like catch, no catch, those type situations. So to me, that feels like buzz on my hip if I'm an official, dude upstairs, eye in the sky is telling me, hey, that was a catch or that was an incomplete pass. Or, I mean, from what I read, those are the those are the the areas in which this, this extra power would be able to be utilized. So I'm just curious how they're going to execute it. I like the idea. Listen, I'm all for getting it right. There's nothing worse than when you're a fan of a football team, and you're sitting on your couch on Sunday, and we're seeing it over and over and over on replay that, yeah, he got his feet in bounds, but the officials, because it wasn't within the final two minutes, aren't going to look at it. And your coach has already blown one challenge. He's not going to challenge it again. And you just miss it, right? There's nothing worse than that. So I would, li- I'm all for getting it right, but I'm also not for, you know, there's 12 minutes left in the second quarter, and brr, now we have to have another stop. Here comes the official. You know what I mean? Like, I want to know it's how it's gonna, gonna be, be executed.
1: About, it's all gonna be about the execution, and we saw it with mm-hmm. the pass interference rule. That was something that we thought, okay. This well, is this might be good. And then it was executed terribly and they got rid of it after a year. Yeah, that's, right? so, a, little,
0: that's a little different, though. That, that That's coaches being able to challenge, you know? Th- that. Right, but
1: we were all concerned about what the execution would look like. We thought, okay, we want to, to your point, we want to get these calls right. And this is a mechanism we're going to put in place to be able to get those calls right. And then ultimately... It didn't really help matters it actually made things worse right so we'll see if this makes things better or makes things worse we still don't know what a catch is and i don't know if adding another voice into the matter where they can buzz down and say we should look at this is going to all of a sudden solve that problem right it's still they're still going by the book of the same rules that say what a catch is and what isn't a catch and we're still all trying to figure that out so i've,
0: always, I've never had a problem with the catch no catch like no, other I, people
1: I, I still don't know what a catch is, see, know a catch
0: is. See, I, 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 here's the thing i've always. I haven't always agreed with what they call a catch and what they don't call a catch, but very few times have I ever saw a play and been like, why are they calling that? Like I've always understood what the NFL was trying to say a catch was, um, and I understood it. I didn't always agree with the way they put it down on paper, but I've never had heartburn over it quite like others have. Not um, yeah,
1: like me, in particular, yeah.
0: But yeah, it looks like the change would mean officials in the replay booth could intervene on catch-no-catch no catch calls, down-by-contact calls, and close sideline plays if they feel the call on the field may have been incorrect. So the guy in the sky can just say, hey, listen, that was a catch. That was not a catch. Or uh, his knee hit or did not hit. Or uh, foot was on sideline, foot was not on sideline. So that stuff, I don't mind having an extra eye because that's not it's – not, Subjective. That's not PI. That's not you know a judgment call. That's black and white is or isn't kind of stuff. Sure. But so I'm well, how I'm all fine the process with that. plays out, right? Do they,
1: does it stop the game and force them yes. to go look at it? It sounds similar,
0: It sounds similar to the college football rule from what I'm reading here, where replay officials in the booth have the ability to stop the game if they determine something needs to be reviewed.
1: Okay. So then we're gonna have a lot more stoppages in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if people are gonna necessarily like that, but that'll be something and they also have to vote this in. They gotta right? vote They're it in the, the, Yeah. Right? And that's that's step one. We're also I'll gonna get of,
0: we'll also get sorry to cut you out, we'll also get the vote at that same time on whether or not we're getting a seventeenth game or not.
1: And we will have to see whether that 17th game gets added. It more than likely will be based on everything mm-hmm. we're hearing mm-hmm. uh, from people in the media that we will go to a 17th game. Speaking of that, Sean, the uh, NFL signed a, a new TV deal. I don't know if you've heard this. They signed a very massive uh, kind of TV rights yeah, deal with Friday all the
0: partners. $100 billion.
1: So I, I don't want to get into the, the nitty gritty specifics mm-hmm. of it, but I saw something today that I wanted to bring to your attention because I don't know if you saw this in doing the prep for the show. As part of this new deal, ESPN and ABC are going to get three Monday Night Doubleheaders. Now, we already had learned as part of the new TV deal that ESPN and ABC were going to get the ability to get more flex games to Monday Night Football. That was something we had never had before. After Week 12, they can start flexing games. Well, now we're getting three Monday Night Doubleheaders, including your traditional Week 1 season kickoff Doubleheader, but then at two other points during the season, we're getting two Monday night football games. You know why Added this happens, to that? Right? Well, hold on, but well, let's add to that. Mm-hmm. ABC is going to get two games on Saturday of week 18, and ABC is going to be
0: able to flex those games as well. So it sounds like a decision's already been made on what we just talked about. Because you, you, you just I said. you just said week 18. 18. I know what I said. I know what I said. So that sounds like a decision has already been made uh, by these owners, and we are getting a 17th game. Uh, very interesting. Everybody likes money, Sean. Everybody. You know what? But you know, you know why this happens, right? Or why we're getting the double headers? Because of what we had this year. We had what multiple instances where games were moved due to COVID, and we we wound up having double headers, and it was and you, fine. It was and good, and you know, and you know what the NFL realized huh. is that oh.
1: People will watch two Monday night games back-to-back, even though it's during the work week. The ratings yep. don't take a big dip. Oh, putting a game on a random Tuesday because of the COVID schedule or a game being played on a Wednesday, oh, that actually works. And you and I, Sean, talked about during the season when you know when all this was going on, that they should do more of this. Experiment with the schedule. Everybody's stuck at home anyway. Experiment with the schedule. See what works, see what do- what doesn't. And clearly the Monday night doubleheader is an idea that has taken off. Plus, I think the bigger thing other than the doubleheader is we are finally going to be able to flex good games late in the season into Monday night to where games matter on the primetime cool. stage. And I don't have to watch the Jacksonville Jaguars play in week 14 of the NFL
0: season yeah. and play a meaningless football game. I remember it was ABC slash Disney who was pushing back against the NFL. According to the reports, we were getting in the negotiations process, and I'm sure part of it was like, "Dude, you guys cater to NBC. Like, why would we be paying? You know, you cater to them. You allow them to flex. You get, they always get first pick. You, you flex games into Sunday night. Like, Monday night used to be the package. That 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 treatment used to be for Monday night football. Um, you know, so it's good that they they were able to flex games because they they the slate is never. You can't set the NFL schedule you know, before the year starts and know what the meaning is going to be of those football games in weeks 13, 14, 50 you just can't. So it's good for no. it's good for Monday Night Football, they're able to flex those games. And you know, to have two in a night, I mean, where would you rather have, let's just say, you know, Titans Colts on a Sunday at, you know, ten AM here local time and it's just mixed in with all the other stuff. Or, or Monday night, another prime time slot. Like just you know, put it in there. You know, so it's yes. it, it makes it makes perfect sense. This year they had an opportunity to try it out. It worked. That's cool. That's good. More football. Yeah, uh, I think
1: the NFL and their TV partners opening the doors to changing the way that they're they doing things with, the, with more streaming, with people consuming content differently. I think being stuck in their old ways could have been a bad thing. It's nice to see the NFL and the TV partners opening the doors. I mean, ESPN is doing crazy things with their NHL deal. They're putting games solely on ESPN Plus and Hulu. They're not even offering them well, on the traditional cable channel. So I like this openness and this willingness to experiment and do different things because I think ultimately it's going to make it for a better product.
0: Yeah, the Thursday night, you heard What's happening with Thursday night football? Right, only on Amazon Prime. Correct? Only on Amazon Prime, unless your team is playing in it in your market. And then you get so it. If you're, then you get it locally. Yeah. If the Cardinals are on Thursday night football, it'll still be on. I think. It, I think. And, and NFL Network is you know co-broadcasting those with Fox, right? So it it would still be on NFL Network slash Fox um, if your team is playing. Other than that, Amazon Prime. It is. If you don't have Prime, sorry. You know, if you don't have yeah, well, a if you don't have a smart TV with apps on it, or the ability to get it on your screen via sorry. the Xbox or Apple TV, sorry, you're out. Watch it on your phone, dude. So that's that's where that's where it's heading. But yeah, the NFL very willing to think outside the box with the, the and, latest and good, television deal, and that's good, right? That
1: that's going to ultimately make the product better for the consumer. Mm-hmm. I want to see what they do with Sunday Ticket. That is what I think everybody is waiting for because that deal two years could away. Be could be massive well there
0: but listen we know how this works they start negotiating way ahead of time mm-hmm. with what they want to do i'll tell so you, you might what i've always in. wanted because i've i've been a loyal sunday ticket and we've gone <laughs> well, so long that, that the in the lead bet is restarted about. um we i, I have uh, i've been a loyal sunday ticket consumer for well over a decade i would love it if they would just offer a team package oh okay so if it's going to go streaming Right, and I think we all think it's headed that direction. Right, it it's, probably go gonna end, it's, it's probably going to end. It's probably going to end up on like Amazon. Could, it was ahead of its time, really. Yeah, it was way ahead of its time. But I think it's going to end up on the on one of the streaming services. My guess would be Amazon. um Offer me just a team package instead of three hundred and fifty dollars, I get everything. I don't know. Just let me let me pay you know buck twenty five for my Raiders or something. You know, eh, offer me something along those lines. We'll see. Two years away. Is, uh, is where we're still at for for the Sunday ticket package. Until then, sur- I'll still be forking over a bunch of money to, to DirecTV. <laughs> I, I, I will say this. I, I will be
1: more inclined to buy the Sunday ticket overall concept if it was available over a streaming service than having to get it through DirecTV, right? I would rather just be able to go to ESPN Plus or to go to Amazon or go that way and be like, hey, Here's 150 bucks, 200 bucks, whatever it'll be for the season, so I can watch all the games. Three right? plus I, right now. Yeah, no, thank you. No thank you. MLB TV is 120 and it's already been purchased, okay? It's already been purchased. <laughs> we are ready for the baseball season to begin. Uh, that is going to do it for In the Lead here on a Monday. More NFL talk coming up next. It was an up-and-down week for the Arizona Cardinals, so how much better on paper is this team as of now? We'll get into it here next on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone.
0: There's still 6,000 of them, Schubert. 6,049 to be exact right on at your fingertips on NoBull.com. Earnhardt Auto Centers from across their 17 different brands the 21 different locations chris you can just get them all right there at nobull.com with the noble express option we tell you about it all the time i don't know why you wouldn't go this route right let them bring a car right to your front door you can test drive it for the day go like us uh, simoni did drive the lexus for a day why not have them bring it to your front door test drive it fill out your application finish the process right there online nobull.com they'll bring the new ride to your front door as well it's the noble express option and it is no it's, it's no there's it no reason not to go this route 6049 vehicles at your fingertips at any time from a company and a business and a family you know you can trust since 1951. Earnhardt Auto Centers, NoBull.com. That ain't no bull.
1: It was a busy week last week. Sean for the Arizona Cardinals making some additions, but also but they do. seeing some people leave. As well. JJ Watt, AJ Green, Rodney Hudson, the big three additions to this team. AJ Green, the signing of him to a one year deal, and the trade of Rodney Hudson happening last week, but also last week, Sean, we saw some tra- some subtractions to this team. Patrick Peterson signs a one-year, I believe it was a $10 million deal to go to the Minnesota Vikings, and then Hassan Reddick, he leaves to go play for his old college coach, Matt Rule Temple in Carolina on a one-year $8 million deal. I have Larry Fitzgerald on our prep sheet on the subtraction side with a bunch of question marks next to his name, just because we don't know if he is an addition or a subtraction at this point. So, Sean, I will start the conversation here with you because I've now set the table of what they've brought in, but more importantly, maybe what has left is this Cardinals team right now, March 22nd, 2021, 10, 19 a.m. in the morning when we are recording the show, is this team better than they were at the end of the 2020
0: season? Yeah, I think so, right? I mean, I, I, you know, the biggest addition to me, both literally and figuratively, is uh, Rodney Hudson. Um, that's, I, I can't tell you how much that's going to change the offense overall. Having a center with that type of experience, that type of ability, um, it's going to change everything. I mean, last year, we were talking about Mason Cole. No, no disrespect to him, but I mean he had four false starts at the center position. Dude, the ball's in your hand. How the hell? You know, so what, what are you doing? Um, multiple illegal man downfield. I think he had seven penalties overall from the center spot last year. Rodney Hudson? Close your eyes, tell me what you see. That's how many penalties he had last year. He's just, he's just a hes just a different breed of a player. Oh, that was very good. That was he's, very good. Close your eyes, tell me what you see. I'm mm-hmm, going to file that, that one away. Sorry to interrupt, but I'm filing that one away. <laughs> that's how many penalties he had last year. Rodney Hudson's a game changer. From pre-snap adjustments to his ability as his, at a at his center, uh, 3,400 pass-blocking snaps in the last five years. He's allowed three sacks in 3400 um he's got a nasty streak when it comes to running the football he's just he's just physical i i can't tell you how many times you're going to see him downfield you know when the cardinals break off a run or hit a screen pass and he's downfield just finishing somebody just seeking out a defensive back and just pancaking him the guy's just a difference maker so with that respect they're definitely improved along the offensive line that's going to improve kyler murray that's going to improve the entire offense having rodney hudson in there um on the defensive side of things, having a guy like J.J. Watt, who's going to be able to see more one-on-one matchups this year than he's ever seen in his career, because most of the attention, still and rightfully so, going to have to be given to a guy like Chandler Jones. It's pick your poison. I think that adds a dimension to this to this defensive front that was already able to get after the quarterback. It's an improved football team, you know. And I'm and I'm so intrigued by by uh, A.J. Green. You know, I told you yesterday on our Noble live show that we do every Sunday at 11 o'clock on on Facebook. um, I told you I think A.J. Green is going to be able to benefit equally as much from the Cardinals as the Cardinals might be able to benefit from him. And what I mean by that is exactly what I just said about J.J. Watt. A.J. Green has always been the dude, right? He's always been the guy offensively that I got a scheme for if I'm playing the Bengals. You know, the guy out wide that I got to roll bracket coverage to, that I got to double team at times, that I got to put my number one defensive back on, somebody I always have to know where he is. He's always been that dude. Well, the Cardinals already have that dude. It's Hopkins. So A.J. Green gets to be somebody who's going to be the number two option, if you will, but probably still has the ability to, to, to be a number one in a lot of teams. So I, I, think you, I, I think this Arizona Cardinals team definitely is improved from a talent perspective. But I have to emphasize from a talent perspective because now you have to put it together. Now you can't have boneheaded coaching decisions. Now you have to improve as a head coach, just like we're all hoping Kyler Murray can improve. Cliff Kingsbury has to improve significantly as well. So uh, they're improved. How much? That's yet to be determined because you took both those guys that that I just mentioned on the Mm -hmm. back end of that rant, I still need to see it. To see how much is left in that tank. JJ Watt a, and J. Green.
1: You took a very glass half full approach to yes. that question. I will now proceed to take the glass half empty why gotta, approach why, why you gotta be to that answer, way, Schubert? To, to answer that question. And and here's ultimately why I land the way that I do with not I don't know if this team has improved all that much in comparison to last year. Let's look at it this way, right? Right now, Larry Fitzgerald has not decided whether he's going to come back you and i both think at this point now the longer that this goes he might not be playing for the cardinals next year is that fair
0: that's definitely how i feel, yeah. I feel, so I feel AJ, t- yeah go ahead sorry
1: no i was just gonna say aj green replacing larry Fitzgerald. you do it you do basically a swap in that mm-hmm. spot right Hassan Reddick out the door. He goes to Carolina. You replace his production with J.J. Watt. Not all, all not all the way because Hassan Reddick. We talked on this show statistically had a better year than J.J. Watt did last year. That's a swap, right? Rodney Hudson is an upgrade at center over Mason Cole. I will give you that. But Patrick Peterson walking out the door to me, Sean leaves a. a a meteor-sized hole at a position for this team in which when Patrick Peterson was on the roster, it was still a big, massive hole that they needed to fill, and that was their cornerback room. And that, to me, is still the sore spot on this football team until they address that with not just one guy, not just two guys. I'm talking multiple guys for depth at that position. I don't feel comfortable saying that they're going to be able – to two times a year slow down Russell Wilson in the Seattle Seahawks slow down Matt Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams two time a, two times a year slow down the San Francisco offense with Kyle Shanahan who's extremely creative and is going to take advantage of a bad matchup at the cornerback position I struggle with that a lot that is the position that bothers me the most Kenyon Drake's also gone and you're now going to ask Chase Edmonds to step into the role to be the featured running back on this team that's a big jump that Chase has to, has to take. If, if you don't add anywhere else and it doesn't appear at least with some of the names that have come off the board and free agency for running backs it doesn't appear that they're playing in that market they might draft somebody with one of their picks uh, hopefully not with number 16 but they draft somebody with one of their picks to add to, to to chase edmonds in that backfield so i just look at a couple of positions sean that i think are are, are big holes that if they don't fix it's not going to matter that jj watt and chandler jones are going to be able to rush the quarterback together because if you get the if these quarterbacks get the ball out of their hands quickly which is the way the league is Going, I don't trust anybody on the back end. Maybe outside of Buda Baker to make a stop.
0: No, that's, that's fair. my problem. That's, that's definitely a fair way to look at it as well. I, I look at the uh, the amount of the amount of corners that are on the market right now in free agency, uh, and I, I don't have, I don't see a reason why the Arizona Cardinals won't be able to get some depth at the position. Now, I don't. They're not going to fix it with one guy. They're not going to have a shutdown corner. You're going to have to rely on that pass rush to help out. Uh, and not allow guys to sit back there and throw the football because you're not very talented, you know, in your secondary uh, out on the edges. So um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, that's definitely a huge hole. But I, there's a lot of guys in free agency still. I'm looking at the list right now. The cornerback market has not been destroyed, and I don't. got to sign those guys. And they got to make signings. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I don't think there's going to be a huge market for for these corners. It's going to be a lot of one year deals, man. Guys like DJ Hayden, I think, are going to be able to get got for one year. Um, you know, one year, three, four, five million. I mean, only made six million last year. Um, so you're, are they're, they're, you're gonna be able to have some opportunities in free agency to fill that. Sure, room. but the so question
1: I, was right now, where does this team stand? And right now, that's a glaring hole that has not been addressed. Yeah, a hundred percent. And in 100%. fact, and in fact, has gotten worse because Patrick Peterson left last week. And I would argue, I would argue that Hassan Reddick not coming back and you we, trying to replace him with J.J. Watt could be. Could be a miss.
0: Did we did we think that you and I have talked about this many times in the show? Patrick Peterson wasn't coming back.
1: No. So, but, but so let's...
0: we we've been planning. We've been. You and I have already been looking at this team and this roster with that in mind. Patrick Peterson's not coming back. We've been talking about the Arizona Cardinals because of that fact having to go corner at sixteen this year. Yes. We've been talking about that for a month and a half now. So this isn't something that we've. it didn't catch us by surprise. That. Well, the only thing that caught no. us by surprise is that his ass is in Minnesota. That's the only thing that caught right. us by surprise. It wasn't that he's not an, not an Arizona Cardinal, it's where he wound up. So, you know, I, I don't look at that as a. I was already planning on the Arizona Cardinals kind of scraping the barrel for a cornerback after the first few waves of free agency went. So, for me, it's kind of okay, this is exactly what I envisioned happening. Um, I but I did not envision them having a J.J. Watt across from Chandler Jones. I did not envision them getting uh, an A.J. Green to replace Larry Fitzgerald if he does indeed not return to the Arizona Cardinals. I didn't envision that. So to me, that that those are bonuses. You know what I mean? To me, yeah. it, but but I'll tell you this: running back, and I know it's a position that in today's day and age, everybody feels like you can just you can replace, right? Rinse and repeat um, with that position. It, it, I'm I, I'm a little skeptical in terms of where they're going to be able to go there either um I, I, I'm, I'm not going to be shocked if they they use draft capital on it um but you look at the free agent market there's not a whole heck of a lot there in the running back room that you I feel. thought phil
1: Lindsay would have made a lot of sense here but he goes yes to and no
0: yeah you know because my initial reaction i think i tweeted right away like hey there's another guy that we weren't expecting to hit the market on the market go get it kind but you know the when the more you look at it
1: I, I, you know, there were some. Well, people I'm not. I'm not, grill, I'm not grilling him for missing out on Philip Lindsay. I just thought Philip Lindsay would be a really good fit here. I yeah. thought that that's the kind of that's the kind of guy that makes sense for what they're trying to do. Yes I and think. no.
0: He's not great out of the backfield. Catch him. You know, I have a buddy who's a diehard Bronco guy. So I actually text him right away because listen, Philip Lindsay's been tremendous. Back-to-back thousand-yard seasons to start his career, made a Pro Bowl. Um, he's you know being a Raider guy, he, he he tore us up a couple times, you know. So I I know all about Philip Lindsay, but uh, so I sent a buddy of mine a text and was like, hey, what's he like week in and week out? Is he is he good out of the backfield catching the football? And more importantly, how is he in pass protection because he's a smaller back? And he said he's not great neither. I'm like, okay, well that's not. That's not, I'm not going out and breaking the bank there, but I think he only got a, yeah, but, what 3.5 million or something. Yeah, it was, you year. didn't break the bank for him no, anyway, so but, but if the Arizona Cardinals are going to make a move in that room, I think you're looking for you need somebody that's able to move the pile, you need somebody that on third and one you're able to give them the ball and just lay hey, hey, fall forward a yard for me, you know. You need one of those guys, and Philip Lindsay, yeah, Philip yeah, yeah, after yeah, yeah, the way he played in the Super Bowl, yeah, you can't afford him. Um, but Philip Lindsay's one of those guys who. Though he's undersized, runs tremendously between the tackles. He really does, mm-hmm. but he's not a guy that when everybody knows this ball's going off right tackle, who wants it more, he's not going to be able to you know hit the A gap and just go right up you know right next to the center, follow Rodney Hudson's ass and fall forward. He's not going to be able to be that guy. you know what I mean? so you need one of those you need you need a bruiser. So if the Arizona Cardinals in the running back room are looking for somebody they're going to look for somebody with a little bit more to him, a little bit more umph, you know a little bit more weight yeah. behind him. Uh, to, to pair with Chase
1: Edmonds, right? I, I agree 100%. But, uh, but yeah, so the, the Cardinals have been active. Uh, they've made some moves. They've also lost some people. And now, I think we, we mentioned this yesterday on the on the live show on Facebook, but now that the second and the third wave of free agencies are kind of starting to take shape, this is where Steve Kine might be able to get some guys because guys are probably going to be more willing at that point to take one-year deals, reset the market, and then try to cash in next year. So that's the kind of stage that we're at in free agency. Sean, you mentioned it to me in the pre-show when we were coming up uh, with, with concepts and we were, we were planning out the show, you're like, man free agency slowed down a bunch and I think that is the mark of us transitioning into that second and third wave right we saw Kenny Kenny Galladay and Juju Smith-Schuster resign some of the bigger names some of the bigger names there are still some big names out there but some of the bigger names are off the board and I think now that allows us to transition into that second and third wave of free agency where the Cardinals are going to be looking at corner going to be looking at running back the two positions we mentioned here but a whole host of other positions looking for depth at different spots. Coming up next on noble with Chris Crespin and Simone, we wrap up this edition of the show. The trade deadline is in three short days. How active and how involved will the Suns be? We'll get into it next here on noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Okay, Sean. Big win for the Suns last night. Beat the Lakers. I know it was without LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but you still beat the Lakers. And now the trade deadline. Three days away, March 25th. Wheeling and dealing, they've already added Tory Craig to the team. So, Sean,
0: I ask you this. James Jones wheeling and dealing. Is he on the phones trying to get somebody? Um, like every good GM, he's on the phone, but I don't think he's going out of his way to uh, to do much to this roster, right? Like to me, they at times they feel like they're missing something, you know, when you watch them loot when you were there, when you watch them lose to the Timberwolves. You feel like, damn, they need some somebody, somebody they can go to right now, um, and and it's just not there. It Kind of feels like there's something missing, but no, I'm not messing with this chemistry, man. Are you? Like, I, I'm not well, I, messing with this chemistry. I, I'm not. I'm not at the trade deadline. I'm not sending anybody out of note to bring in anybody of note. Does that make sense? I mean, I, buyout, I agree. buyout market, different. And difference. that's where
1: I was gonna go with this. Is buyout, that's where I think yes. the Suns are a bigger player. They are a yes. bigger player in the buyout market because Correct. the way the the way the buyout market works outside of guys being bought out of their contracts and then being able to you know sign wherever they want is those guys look for promises from teams they look for teams to be like hey this is the role we can give you we can give you this role this many minutes this is what we expect of you and guys want to go to a place where they're going to be utilized where they have one a chance to win a championship and two they are in a position where they can find a nice role well the Suns are a part of the tier of teams that I think are contenders for winning a championship. They're the second best team in the West, Sean. We have to start talking about them in that, in that capacity. We just do. And so they are going to be an attractive destination for guys in the buyout market. Because guess what? The Lakers can't sign everybody. Brooklyn can't sign everybody. Milwaukee, Philadelphia, they can't sign everybody on the buyout market. So Phoenix is going to become an attractive destination. And you look at the trade market, right? Kyle Lowry, Bradley Beal, Lonzo Ball. I don't know if any of those guys eh. fit with the Suns would be looking for anyway, mm-hmm. right? Kyle Lowry and Lonzo Ball. I think they're good at that position, right? I think Chris Paul is going to be able to handle. The so point tell me, well tell me what the team. Suns would be looking for in
0: well, your I, opinion. In your opinion, like don't, when you when you're watching the game and you're like, "Damn, what's missing right now?" What what's don't missing? you think?
1: Don't you think it's a guy in that second unit that can that can give you some production scoring wise?
0: And that's what I feel it is. Well, you mean you look one that you mean look, one that you can feel that can give it to you every night, be night in and night right. out, right? Because there's plenty of right. guys within that second unit that you know, depending on the night, give you some nice minutes. But are you getting the consistency that you need out of that second unit where you're not
1: asking the the, the starters, mainly Chris Paul and Devin Booker, to, to lead the way, right? Because we know the way this starting lineup is, you know what CP3 is going to give you. You know what Devin Booker is going to give you. You know what Mikael Bridges is, is going to give you, especially this season. It's that second unit and the way that Monty sometimes configures it because he'll throw guys in the starting lineup and he'll move things around. Do they have a consistent enough scoring option from that secondary unit? Right. That's what Blake Griffin is in Brooklyn. They're not asking him to be a starter and put up you know big-time production. They're asking him to be a part of that second unit and give them some some tough minutes, rebound the basketball, play with energy, and score and I think the Suns are probably looking for something similar. Right? I think everything I just described about Blake Griffin, it's why Blake Griffin made a bunch of sense for the Phoenix Suns. That's the kind of guy you want for that second unit. And and that's where I think they will look to go if they if they get anybody. It, they can choose to just stand pat with the second best roster in the Western Conference, and I
0: don't think we should blame them. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to call it the second best roster in the in the Western Conference. But look at the standings, Sean. Standings look wise, at the standings. Yeah. But listen, I'm not I'm not throwing chemistry off. No, I'm not. I'm not. This that's what this team has going for it, because of what I just said. When you let's just you know erase the standings and everything that's happening right now, and you look at this team on paper. Is it the second best team on paper in the Western Conference? Probably not. But what it has. Uh, Wait a minute. Right now, on paper, the Lakers don't have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So. Hear me out here. Probably not. It's probably not the, the second best roster in the Western Conference on paper. But what it has for it, and surprisingly, considering how quickly it happened, is a lot of chemistry. This team plays well together. It's constructed right. It plays. People know their roles, they've accepted it. DeAndre Ayton realizes he doesn't get to play in meaningful minutes in the fourth quarter. Everybody knows their role. Sorry, a little bit of a jab, Uh, but uh, everybody knows the role and it works. I'm not messing with the chemistry of this basketball team. I'm not. If a buyout is different, because you're bringing somebody in, you know, it's not like you're shipping somebody out. It's not a restructure of everything. It's you know what I mean? Like, I agree. I I I'll listen in terms of bringing somebody in, buyout market wise, but no, I'm not. I'm not trading, man. If I'm if I'm James Jones, I'm not on the phone going, you know what, I'm going to send this guy. I'm, gonna, I'm shopping this dude because I think unless I can it's a,
1: I'm not doing it. Unless it's a massive deal that it's a player that we're not even thinking of that would absolutely improve you know the basketball team. But I don't think a trade like that exists. No, and right
0: you know now. what else is out there in my mind, and it always will be? I'll always remember <laughs> I was working a Roadrunners hockey game, right? Minor League, EHL You worked hockey a game. hockey game. This is an interesting yeah. little side well, story I'd when, like to when get the, When it the it. Runners came into... So the Suns and Robert Sarver needed to offer their sweet holders X amount of nights per year, and they needed some extra stuff. They brought the Roadrunners back. They were part of the EHL. Anyway, so I was working a hockey, a Roadrunner hockey game, and I was actually training a dude to, to do audio for that because I didn't need to be there for every event. So, hockey. Uh, but anyway, so I'm there training this dude for the EHL Roadrunners hockey game, and we get word that The Phoenix Suns are making a trade. Now, mind you, the Phoenix Suns are the number one team in the Western Conference at this point. The Phoenix Suns are making a trade, and they're sending out Sean Marion, and they're bringing in Shaquille O'Neal. And at first you go, holy crap, Shaq's a son. And then you start realizing, like, what? Hang on a second. Marion's gone. How's this going to work? We get up and down the floor. Are we going to be carrying this dude with us? Is he going to bog us down? You start thinking about all those things, and sure enough, that Phoenix Suns team was never the same. Never the same. So big moves at the trade deadline for teams that are in positions like the Phoenix Suns are right now. You yeah, have a little jaded, Schubert. So no. It don't feels f- like it. Don't F with the chemistry. But I'll always remember that moment. I know exactly the picture, exactly where I was, exactly how I heard it, over my headset, you know. No. 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 Just no. No. Don't, don't mess with – bring somebody in, sure. You don't send it out now. No. No. Like, My that, apologies would be the, that would bringing be, the, up a that would for be you. the equivalent of them sending out Mikel Bridges for somebody. You know what I mean? A big. Man, no. you just love
1: making this Mikel Bridges, Sean Marion comp. You, this is Name true. something
0: you love more than it's, making that comp on the show. It's because of what they... It, it's true. It's true. They're kind of the engine that makes it go, man. So, no, I'm... I'm. I'm mm, nope. Mm-mm. Not making... <laughs> not, not doing it. Not making a trade. If you're James Jones, take the calls... Do your due diligence but don't you make phone calls no you take your calls and do your due diligence but no you don't need to blow up this chemistry not happening i agree i, I agree and, and i think when
1: when you look at this Shaq. team, uh, the, the buyout market yeah. makes more sense for this team uh, to be able to, to to one not give up assets and not mess with the chemistry of their team but be able to really define this is the player we think is the fit for this team and bring them in and then that person also wanting to be there right when you make a trade sometimes you don't know if a guy wants to be there you don't know if a guy is going to come in there with the same energy in the buyout market that team's also choosing you that player's choosing mm-hmm. you right you're choosing the player so they're the player already buying you. In. it's just like free agency yeah. right they're buying into what you're doing so right. that gives you the confidence of okay we think this is going to work chemistry wise so yeah. I, I think the buyout market makes more sense and again I, I think you lean towards somebody that can be a part of that second unit and give you just some consistency who that player is i don't know we'll have to see how the buyout market shakes out and see what type of talent is available right blake griffin kind of kicked it off we'll see post post trade deadline if what players are available, and I'm going to get us out of here because I can see the hatred in your eyes no, for that trade of Sean Marion for Shaq. I was,
0: I was just going to say, to be fair, it was fun to have Shaq on the roster, right? Like, I had this kick-ass diesel horn. Anytime he scored, I'd play the diesel horn. Boom, Uh, You know, and then the night after the trade, he was in the building, and he's right over my left shoulder in one of the suites, and they put him on the camera, and he points to his ring finger, and yeah, I mean, I, I got a little excited, I'm not going to lie. It just didn't work. <laughs> It just didn't work. All right, now you you can get us out of here. That's going to do it for us on the Monday edition (laughs) of the
1: program. You can follow the show on Twitter at Noble underscore podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio. Follow Sean on Twitter at SCrespin02. I promise the Wednesday edition we will not bring up the Sean Marion for Shaq discussion. It'll this is it. This is the only time it'll come up on the show. It might because
0: that'll be the that'll be the deadline day, right? To twenty fifth. That's
1: that's true. Yeah, the twenty fifth. So we might bring it back up again. It might come back up later in the week. Yeah, you're you're right,
0: man.
1: Okay, that's gonna do it for us here. Everybody, enjoy the start to your week. We will talk to you on Wednesday.